Welcome to Sunrise Life, the podcast where we have deep conversations with freelance models. Today, I have Jay Ban on the other line. Say hello. Hey, guys. <laughs> How's it going with you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. I'm just sitting here at my Seattle place on a vacation Ooh, kind vacation. of right now. That's so. nice. <laughs> it's sort of, I mean, I've got 4th of July coming up, so oh, I don't, yeah. don't have any bookings for a few days. That's true. I guess everyone likes to celebrate, what is it called there? Because we have Canada Day here, but there it is, the 4th of July. Well, that's what I always called it, was just the 4th of July, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You guys don't do the same holidays as us. Yes. I always kind of forget that. Well, Quebec Canada's especially, like- Quebec has like the Saint-Jean-Baptiste on the 24th. So you have like the French people that will more celebrate that. And then you have, I guess, the more rest of Canada that really celebrates Canada Day. So, but I'm just like, ah, oh, party, like party. There's a good excuse to party. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> so you're from Quebec and you've been doing a bunch of traveling for modeling lately. Yeah. In the last year, especially before that, I mean, I'm also a registered nurse, so I was always doing that, um, like studying and working while I was modeling as well. So I kind of started mostly in the Montreal area and then started doing little trips to like Ottawa and Toronto, Quebec City, around Ontario especially. But then in the last year, so I took a one-year sabbatical from my nursing job and decided like I'm just gonna go and travel like as much as I can this year and see if I can survive off just modeling income and and yeah so that's basically what I've done and I I've loved this whole year I go back to my nursing job July 16th but only part-time oh and we'll see how that goes because I'm not a huge fan of like I love being a nurse but I don't love the bureaucracy and like everyone's boss has a boss and just like you're just a number to them and Working for the government here, well, they're not very great towards their nurses. So I'm still doing my studies online. So I'm just a little bit all over the place. And I'm like, I'll see how I feel when I go back, if that's what I really want to continue doing. So (laughs) that's cool. So with the nursing industry or with your place where you work, do you think that they have opinions about nude photos of you as you're working for them? Yeah, probably. I kind of live, I guess you could say, two separate lives in a sense. Not to say like there might be people that I work with that know that I do nude modeling, but I don't talk about it. I kind of have like two separate Instagrams and Facebooks and I kind of don't dare like because I'm very scared sometimes too. like, is there a way they could be like, oh, well, you can't do this. So either you have to stop or you lose your job here or something like that. So I just try to keep everything separate, but I mean, I don't know, maybe at the end of the day, people wouldn't mind so much about it and it's really just me and my head and, but yeah, I just, I just try to keep it separate because yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Hence my J-Band is my model name and then I have my real name. So it's a little bit harder to come across photos of me if you Google my real name, but not impossible. So (laughs) yeah, they would have to be looking for it if they were trying to find that. Exactly, exactly. And if they're looking for it, then that's an indication that they're looking for it. Exactly. Well, how did you come across this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard that the nursing industry seems to be a little bit more lenient on whether or not the nurses have done porn or nude modeling or whatever. But I honestly have no idea. I mean, I can't tell you that I know any nurses that have like openly talked about it where I work. But then again, maybe it's just because I'm I'm so... Like, I'm not going to talk about what I do because I don't want the judgment. I don't want people to like, I work with a lot of religious people too. Like a lot of people like very Catholic or very like, and I just, I know, I just feel like 
there's been conversations that have come up, let's say, like about certain things, and I'm like, ooh, like if they don't like that, they probably would not be fan of the fact yeah. that I pose nude gotcha. or like. So I just sort of don't talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably for the best, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> for our listeners, would you mind kind of going a little bit into the history of how you started modeling and how it's led you to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. So I started in 2014, sort of just on Facebook and started seeing like this one photographer. I don't remember how, but I ended up following him and I would see like nude models posing and I was just like, that is so badass. Like, I want to do that. That's like, like, you go, girl. Like, I, I just thought it was so cool. And I was like, oh, like, I don't know, maybe. And I've always grew up watching America's Next Top Model, like, dreaming of like, oh, I could be a model. I would love to do that. And like, always posing. And yeah, basically, this photographer ended up posting on his Facebook one day, like, oh, looking for new faces. And uh, I reached out and I was like, well, I'm not a model, but I really love what you do. And I would love to pose for you. Like, don't expect me to be great. I don't know what I'm doing. But basically, uh, worked with him and loved shooting. Started off nudes right off the bat. And I haven't turned back. I just kept shooting with that one particular photographer. And then started, like, getting messages from other photographers that were interested. Initially doing a lot of TFP. And then eventually realizing, like, oh, there's models that do this and make money out of this. So I eventually felt like I had a strong enough portfolio and sometimes even got offers from photographers like, oh, like, what are your rates? And I was like, oh, I don't know. What are my rates? Like, so basically <laughs> just started from there very slowly in Montreal, uh, doing like little jobs here and there for photographers. And then I had some model friends, too, that were traveling a lot. And I was like, I want to do that. But I'm a very anxious person and and like long travels and just like all of that, like meeting lots of new people and made me really anxious. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to let my anxiety stop me. I'm just going to do it. So started with Ottawa, which was like not bad. It's like a two hour drive from here. So I was like, you know, I can do Ottawa. It's not bad. If, I, if I'm really anxious and I'm not loving what I'm doing, I can just drive home. It's not the end of the world. But I loved it. And then I just kind of kept doing that and going to like Toronto and then other places in Ontario or Quebec City. And then so this year I was fortunate and got to do like longer trips so like last summer I got to go out west in Canada which where I've never been before so like Vancouver I got to see Alberta and then th then we I went to Europe in winter of 2022 like November December for like a few weeks and that was really big because I didn't go alone I went with my other model friend Ginger Rocks who travels a lot so she was just like yeah like you should do it you'll have a lot of fun and I was like yeah it's not so bad if I go with a friend I think this will be cool like so I loved that trip. And then recently I went to San Francisco and loved that. I did it like out west again in Canada, too, because it's kind of the same area. It's like west of the States and west of Canada. So so, yeah, I loved that. And I definitely see myself traveling some more. Like the fact that I go back to my nursing job part time, I'll still be able to like I can take unpaid vacations and and the fact that I'm not working full time. And if, if I really miss it, like I'm not terribly attached to this job. So I'm just like, yeah, I've been there five years. Yeah. They'll take me back. Cause like, it's a, like a, a five, a one year sabbatical after five years of working there, you're allowed to take time off, but I don't know how I feel about going back and, and being more restricted with a schedule where it's harder to schedule bookings and stuff like that, because you have to be very organized and do things ahead of time, like three months. And sometimes I don't know what my schedule is going to be three months from now if I'm working at the hospital. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that's uh, a lot of when I first started doing full time traveling, I had the same struggle because I had a job that was thinking of hiring me. 
And I mean, it wasn't anything great, like nursing. It was like, I was going to be a bikini barista, <laughs> but. Oh, that's pretty badass. I like that. That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I could have been a barista, but the barista shack that was going to hire me pretty much made it obvious that there was not going to be the opportunity for me to take time off and that they would need me for the daytime shift during the week because I wasn't in school. So I was like, you know, if you guys can't ever find somebody to cover my shift and I can't travel for modeling, then I'm going to pick the modeling. But Exactly. Like, pick <laughs> what you love the most and what, what you resonate with the most. And it's like, I could live without this job. I, this is like, I could find a job like this anywhere. But, but traveling modeling is very unique. And I think once you've started doing it, it's just like, it's, it's, it's not easy. It definitely, like, the traveling long time and being away from home and, like, me being a very anxious person, like, just the fact that I did a three week trip by myself, like I was like, oh, I'm so proud of myself. Like it, it can be very stressful. There's always like problems or unexpected things that we run into. And yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of been nice, like learning how to be more resilient and learning how to handle like last minute unexpected situations and just being like, oh, like throw it at me. I can handle it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I've had some situations like that too, where you have everything planned out, like you said, three months in advance. And then when you get there, something happens and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Like, well, there's always cancellations. There's always like, I don't know, things with like the host that you were planning to stay with or like there's always something. So, I mean, it's 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 still fun, though. I think there's way more good out of it than bad for the most part. So I honestly love it. And I think every anything that I would choose to do in my life, there's always like ups and downs. So you just got to be like, well, as long as there's more ups and downs, then it's good and focus yeah. on the good and don't dwell so much on the bad. <laughs> That's really good advice. So when you, you started, you were doing a lot of TFP because you were diving into it just because you loved it. And then at what point do you think that you made a shift from doing more TFP to more paid work? I'd say it probably took me a good three years. So like I started doing TFP in like 2014, probably the summer of 2014. And then I was just like, I just kept, just kept doing it. And then, yeah, I'd say by 2017, that's when I started to get like paid shoot offers in Montreal and kind of reaching out to photographers too and being like, Hey, if you want to hire me, like these are my rates and actually getting like a positive feedback as to like, cause I was like, Oh, people aren't going to want to hire me. Like I'm known as like J Ben, like I do TF in Montreal and like people always reached out to me for TF, but now all of a sudden I, I have rates and like, so it was a bit harder at the beginning, I guess when you're from a certain area and people are like, Oh well, yeah, but I know you did TFP with this photographer and it's like, what I don't do TFP anymore. So it's kind of like mm -hmm. putting your foot down and being like, no, I don't do free work anymore. Like I feel like I have a good enough portfolio and and like from time to time, when I think a project is like really, really cool and I know it's people I've worked with in the past and I'm like, I don't have anything on my schedule. Like, I think this is going to be a lot of fun if I just spend the day with them and do like artsy fartsy stuff and and get like some really cool photos out of it because I know their the quality of their photos are great because a lot of paid shoots, I mean, they're not all the greatest quality photos that you want to be putting in a portfolio and and show people like this is what I do because... I mean, if I put every single photo in my portfolio, like, I, I don't know if I would get hired because yeah. I just, it's just not, not all photographers have like a quality that I'm looking for, I guess, to, to show on my, on my photos, like Instagram or Facebook or whatever. So <laughs> yeah, it's very true. A lot of people who hire traveling freelance models are doing it because they like the, the action of the photo shoot, but then yeah. like, not always 
are they necessarily trying to improve their photography? A lot of it is like exactly. they're doing it because it's fun for them, which in turn ends up with photos that you're like, oh yeah, these are nice, but they're not necessarily, you know, the top 5% of my photos ever that I'm going to be putting in my portfolio. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What I love is when you get to work with someone who sort of starts off as like, like they're not very good, but then you continue shooting with them and you see them grow and you're just like, wow, like they're really putting more effort and they're trying to get better. And like, but not everyone is like that. Some people, and it's fine. Like some people really just like to take out their camera and shoot models and they don't really care for like the post-processing. They don't really care for, they just like, I guess the time that they're spending with the model, I guess, and taking pictures. And that's not everyone. Like some people will have like a great concept in mind and, and it's nice because then I get to collaborate with them and like bring in my ideas sometimes. And sometimes it's not so much my ideas. Sometimes it's all their ideas. So it's like, it's a good mixture, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I totally feel that too. I've, I've got a lot of similarities, I believe with, with the way that you started getting into modeling. And I find it very interesting talking to people who got into it like a little bit more recently than, than when I started so long ago, because times do change. And like the industry is, I feel like it's becoming a more popular industry. There are more traveling freelance models today than there were 10 years ago. And it always makes me curious, like how today people are jumpstarting without really the help of model mayhem anymore. Cause model mayhem doesn't really help very much anymore. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, we get like, I think I probably get like one shoot every couple of months from Model Mayhem if I'm lucky. Like, uh, and that does, that goes for like anywhere that I go, like ev- whether I'm traveling or whether I'm just in Montreal or like nearby in Ottawa or I don't think Model Mayhem's been very great, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know how, cause I think you were, you've been modeling for quite a while now and like you did it before. I think Model Mayhem was around, but like there wasn't like Instagram and Facebook as big as it was. And I'm sure the community has grown over the years and it's just been easier, like more recently to reach out to people who have similar passions and, and find people, even though they're on the other side of the world, like, which I guess was not as easy necessarily to do before. Yeah. So definitely uh yeah it's definitely changed i'm sure <laughs> yeah i i started modeling in 06 and then started my model mayhem in 08 and model mayhem was definitely like fully going in 08 but back then but when i started traveling you know 2012 to 2015 all i had to do was put a travel notice on model mayhem and my entire tour would be filled up 100% just from model mayhem it was wow, that's surprising. Great. I've never seen those days of model mayhem. It was so great. And it's a huge bummer that they've declined so much lately because they've changed their policies to be like not as nice to people who don't pay for a VIP account. So Right, exactly. So you don't get as much visibility, I guess. Like you're not gonna because you don't have the VIP, I guess. Because I have noticed some people sometimes they pay, I think, a VIP and then your sometimes your profile will show up on like the page of model mayhem when you open it and I'm like oh yeah how did they get there and then I ask them they're like oh well maybe because I pay VIP I'm not sure and I'm like interesting like (laughs) that's definitely part of it I think another thing the biggest thing that that ruined it for people who didn't pay for VIP is that once they changed their messaging system they made it so that once they changed it to you have to have a VIP account in order to initiate a message with somebody yeah. that you're not on a friends list with. That's true. So if you're if you're a traveling model and you don't have VIP, 
then you can't initiate messages to try to like book shoots. Yeah. They have to message you first. Yeah. So I've never paid for a VIP on Model Mayhem before. And my, my trick was always just like, okay, go through, add people. If they accept, it's because they'll probably work with me. If they don't accept, then it's probably because they wouldn't work with me. But then I also try to look at like their last date of activity because then I don't want to be like adding someone who hasn't been active on Model Mayhem for like 10 years or something. So I have these like little tricks, but then I'm like, it would be so much easier if I just paid for a VIP in the end, but I don't know. I'm stubborn, I guess. <laughs> as, as a person who has VIP, there are some benefits to it, but because less people overall are using it, like I think it's down to like 10% of its users that are active. Because of that, I, it, it almost doesn't even make sense for me to keep my VIP status on. Yeah, that. I think if, like, I, if I knew I was getting like more work and stuff like that from my model mayhem, then I'd be like, well, yeah, it might be worth paying a VIP, but I think it hasn't really generated a huge amount of income for me. So then I'm like, well, then I'm putting money into something that like, yeah, maybe at the end I'll make a profit, obviously with, with my other bookings, but most of those bookings aren't coming from Model Mayhem. They're coming from like Facebook or Instagram or like people whose emails I've taken note of because we've had a conversation about working together or we've worked together in the past or like, so it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the disadvantage of trying to book through Instagram and Facebook is that it's really hard to get references. That's through true. There. That is true. Model Mayhem was the best platform for that. You just click on the picture and then you click on the tag of the model and you could just ask them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Instagram, it depends. It's like the photographer tags the models they work with or, but some of them do, some of them don't. And then, but then I always just tell myself if they really don't have references that they want to share with me, then maybe they, that is a red flag and I shouldn't work with them. <laughs> like, like any photographer that you, yeah. that you're working with that can't give you references, either they can't, like it's happened before where people, like they're very new and they've never worked with like any model before. And I was just like, you know, just give me like a friend reference or like at least like a family reference, like someone like, and like, if I can come along with a friend kind of thing, like, and if they're okay with that, like, yeah, come with a friend. Then I feel like automatically, yeah, that's probably less of a red flag because, because they're willing to have someone accompany me kind of thing. And so just like little yeah. things like that, I guess, but yeah. <laughs> Speaking of questionable photo shoot scenarios, I have this part of my podcast called the photo shoot fail of the week. <laughs> I can tell you've been anticipating this. <laughs> can you describe a story where you had a photo shoot that either the situation around the photo shoot was crazy or the photographer themselves was out of line? Yeah, so... There's there's a few situations that come to mind, but one that I think might be the more interesting to talk about. I was shooting once with another photographer and one of my model friends, Ginger Rocks, and we, uh, it was like the photographer booked like an hour solo with her and then an hour duo and then an hour solo with me kind of thing. So it was kind of like overlapping and it was a location that I had gone to shoot at before, kind of like a an abandoned like building type of a empty semi-constructed old house or something like that so brought them there and I had been to this location before and kind of ran run into like this older man that lives like across the lake but you can easily see from across the lake when there's people in this like empty desolated house and so he's like on the other side and he's living in like a camper like an RV kind of thing but it's like really really old and he's kind of like not dangerous but just like a weird guy like like, probably drinking, looks very dirty, doesn't look like he showers very much, like, 
kind of walking crooked and I'm just like, ah, oh, like he seems harmless. So like I had spoken to him in the past and everything was fine. Like, I guess just going to see this location, but now going with my friend, we were both posing nude. And so he happened to be walking, I guess his dog and he stops and he's like, like definitely drunk, like slurring his words, walking all over the place. He's like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm seeing this. They're two naked girls. And he's like, oh my God. And he's just like talking to himself and like slowly making his way up. And my friend's just like, oh my God, oh my God, what do we do? And I was like, it's okay, I've seen this guy before. Like he's not, I'm pretty sure he's not dangerous. He's just like definitely drunk and like, I don't know, maybe something with mental health. I'm not really sure. But so he just comes and he's like, oh my God. And he's getting like really close into our bubble. And my friend's just like backing up like, oh my God, oh my God, what do we do? What do I do? And I'm just like, yeah, we're just here to pose. Like, we're just doing some photos, da-da-da. And he's like, no one's going to believe this. And, like, he just didn't want to leave. And I was there, like, we're, like, just starting to do the duo bit. And I'm like, oh, man, like, like I want to get paid. Like, I want this guy to leave so I can finish the shoot. Like, I don't know another location around here. Like, so I'm just like, uh, okay, like, you know, it'd be really nice if you could go so we could finish our shoot. We won't be here much longer. And he's like, oh, no, I got to go get my phone. I got to come back and take a picture of you guys. My friends will never believe this. So he leaves. We continue shooting. But then he comes back, of course, with his phone. And he's like, like, he just doesn't want to leave. So I'm like, okay. Like, and the photographer didn't know what to do at this point. He's just like, I don't know. Like, I'm not even good. He wasn't really doing much. And then my model friend's just like, oh, like, this is so weird. Like, I'm freaked out. And I'm like, okay, listen, if you take our picture... With your phone, you have to let us shoot after. We're going to be done in like an hour. But if you take the picture, you really have to go. And like, I'm like, I don't think this guy even has Wi-Fi. Like, where is these pictures going to end up? Like, I already have nude photos all over the internet. I don't care if he takes our picture. My friend didn't either. So we just let him take the picture. And he ended up like leaving shortly after. And it's just like, it was an interesting scenario. I mean, I, I didn't feel like I was in danger at all. But I just, it was like really inconvenient. And this is... Something that happens when you go to abandoned locations, you don't really know what's going to happen. Is there going to be like owners coming to kick you out? Is there going to be homeless people living inside? Is there going to be like, you never know what could happen. So yeah, it was definitely interesting. And I'm just glad that I got to finish the shoot after and, and nothing happened. I just have a random picture of me and some guy's phone somewhere. So. <laughs> wow, that's really bizarre. <laughs> and so that was the guy that was living in the camper near the location. Yeah, exactly. He kind of claimed it was like his family's property that they came here from France way back when and started building these houses and then decided it was too expensive here and went somewhere else. And I was just like, I don't know if if he's just pulling like making this up or if it's true. I have no idea. But he didn't seem harmless. We were okay at the end of the day. So it was okay. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I guess I mean, the worst scenario for having a passerby is that they get freaked out and try to call the cops on you. So at least yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I've had police situations before shooting nude. And so I, I'm just grateful anytime I can get away with shooting in a random location, whether it's outside or like, even if it's private property, because I guess technically, this is someone's private property. Property, but just the fact that like I don't get in trouble, the shoot's over, everything's good. I'm I'm always happy. I'm just like, okay, this was a successful shoot. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys got through it, and the guy wasn't trying to like threaten you. So yeah, that's no, all exactly. Did. And his dog was nice, and he was just very wasted. And I guess my friend was like startled by that. I don't know. I'm I'm used to being around like like questionable people, I guess. So I'm like, eh. I guess being a nurse too, I kind of like learn how to deal with humans a bit 
a bit more. I don't know if that makes any sense, but just knowing like, okay, this is what they want. So they can have what they want. If I can have what I want and we can both be on with our day. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad he let you alone after he got his photo. Or whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm really happy too. Cause I was just scared. Like, oh, he's going to take the photo. He's not going to leave. He's going to want to like stay. And no, he, he actually left. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm not so bad at like the, the like, not like bribing, I guess, or like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've had a situation like that, like, there's a few times where somebody sees you and they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Let me get a selfie with you. I need to take pictures. And then they want to be like the photographer's assistant all of a sudden and they won't leave. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, well, we got to keep shooting though. Like, bye. <laughs> yeah, like we're actually doing something. We're, we're, yeah, we're naked and we're posing, but like, go away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I suppose it w- it's great that they weren't offended, I suppose. <laughs> yes, exactly. It could have been worse. I mean, I always think having someone who is in a in a hat, like he was happily, pleasantly surprised that there was two nude women, not like upset, like, eh, what are you guys doing here? Because like, I've had situations like that, too, like not even posing nude, but just being like, on uh, like, random urbex, like abandoned locations and getting like, screamed at to like leave or like just so yeah I was I was happy because I was like technically this could be his property unless he's lying and he could kick us out of here he could call the cops he could but no we were good (laughs) I find that in general if I've been caught like posing nude by a passerby usually they just say like oh sorry and then they like move on like they like they're they're sorry that they interrupted you or whatever but and that's in my experience, usually the case, but I I try not to like be found by like, you know, surprised passerbys. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not something we want because you never know how a passerby is going to react. And so it's definitely, uh, I think that's, that's for the most part too. I've been pretty lucky. I've had most people, they almost seem like either embarrassed or like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, like they just like turn around and walk the other way and you're like, oh no, no, it's okay. Like I'm just going to cover up momentarily because maybe the fact that I'm nude does make them uncomfortable and they're not necessarily upset, but maybe they're just like, they don't know how to act when they see a naked girl. They're just like, oh my God, like I wasn't expecting that, you know? So yeah, yeah it's <laughs> kind of funny because when people who are outside of the industry, like not photographers or models see like your photos and they see your profile or online, they're like, Oh, it looks like you're just so confident nude and you must be a nudist and you must like being naked everywhere. You must want everybody to see you nude. <laughs> when in reality, that couldn't be farther from the truth. Right? It's so true though. It's like, well, I'm, I'm nude for art because I think like, especially like nude in nature, I think it's like one of the most beautiful things you can capture. It's just like, nude body with like nature like a beautiful landscape or whatever and it just fits so well together so yeah (laughs) and and like the baseline when we're doing a shoot like outdoors or in public or whatever we're always expecting okay so I don't want to be you know caught because I don't want the cops called on me or I don't want to offend passerbys but I sometimes wonder like how often said passerby might also be like a nudist or like not care at all or like also be a nude photographer or I also might be a nude model like you don't know exactly exactly (laughs) some people are open-minded and and sometimes we're lucky so (laughs) but I don't know like what the laws are I think in Montreal here it's depending where you are you're allowed to be topless now but obviously not fully nude I think especially like in downtown but obviously you don't want to go to like a kid's park or something and and be topless because 
I mean, the, there's children around. You got to always be more careful about like, it's not our place to show them like certain things. So if their parents right. want to show them that, that's for them, I guess. But like, so yeah, but I think, uh, I think it's, it's not, it's not, it's not, nudity is not inherently sexual. And so it just sucks that, that we have to hide it, even though it's like for art purpose. And like, it's something that people like, they still teach in like art classes and like photography schools. Like I model for some of these like, education things and it's just like it's weird because you guys still teach it in like everyday like education and society but then it's so taboo like for a lot of people I guess so I I just don't get it it's weird (laughs) yeah I I feel like there's a movement towards the world being somewhat more like chill about that but it's still not not to where it needs to be not, not like, where it should be. Not where it and, could be. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, by the way, I was like looking at your Instagram page before we started, and I think it's just great that you've got a bunch of like implied and censored nudes, and I think that's amazing. But it makes me super jealous because on my, my account, <laughs> they won't allow me to. I, I'll get shut down if I post a censored photo. Oh no, that sucks. Yeah, I think I've heard of you having uh, like many of problems with. I think even like your TikTok accounts or whatever, and like I think that really sucks. I don't know why. I think so I keep my account private and I think by doing that and there's a way you can put in your settings that it's like 18 plus and I think by doing that it eliminated a lot of because I used to have my account public and I would constantly have like I don't know it must be like the Instagram bots or whatever but they just take down a certain photo and it's like what like I haven't there's nothing wrong with that photo like I'm like like I don't understand why this one works and this one doesn't or like it passes on Instagram but not on Facebook like but so since I changed my account to private which still kind of sucks because when you're a model and you're trying to uh like get like you want the visibility so that people can see your work but only like they can only see your account if they do a follow request and not everyone will do a follow request to look at my account and take the time after to look through my photos or whatever and see if I'm a model that they might want to work yeah. with so it does have its disadvantages but I was really just fed up with like like having problems with my photos and not being able to I mean I still have to be careful I can't post like nipples and stuff but and then there was like lots of people taking like photos from my accounts and making fake accounts with them with like fake links and yeah so I was just like I'm so fed up with this like I can't deal with this anymore so I just made it private (laughs) maybe I should make my profile private because they won't show my account to new people anyway (laughs) yeah yeah if you're shadow banned exactly so I was like I mean it's not like if I do even if I do hashtags nothing works like it there's no point like the hashtag I'm completely shadow banned so it's like I don't see the point I guess so I think it got to a point where but I mean, it's still nice because I have had people tell me like, oh, well, you know, like you don't even show your portfolio publicly. Like, why should I hire you kind of thing? And it's like, well, that's not that's not exactly why you should hire someone. But I mean, if you like my work and like you like what I do and there's other places you can see photos like it's just on Instagram, it's very private. So uh, I wonder if they think that because they want you to post photos that they shot. And if your profile private, then not new, new people can't like find the the photographer's tag yeah that's very possible but at the end of the day like you said if we're shadow banned not many people are seeing our stuff anyways so (laughs) that's true yeah i i am very annoyed that instagram seems to be like the main way that we connect with each other but instagram is so like destructive in their policies on nude art yeah 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 it's it's really frustrating i mean hopefully that changes one day but 
Or we can all agree to join some better social media platform that is more nude friendly. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but like you, I feel like that's been that, talked yeah. about so much and it's just never happened. Like <laughs> it, that new platform implied.vip is really growing. Oh, I've never heard about that. Implied.vip. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> yeah, a lot of photographers and models are on it now, and I think they just crossed ten thousand users. And their their shtick is that they are the competitor for Instagram that allows nipples. Okay, just nipples though, nothing like not full nudity, I guess, or No, you can post full nudity on there. I I've, I've got full nudity on there and as long as it's not they also have ability if you want to monetize posts to be unlocked. Like you could you could like have some posts that are locked behind a paywall and some that are free. And so they don't want you to put anything that's like explicit on the free like if you have something that you know shouldn't be public then you can hide it behind like a you know ten dollar paywall or whatever that's interesting and obviously if someone's paying it it's because they took the time to put their credit card info so there's no reason you can complain after if you're the one going out of your way to purchase these photos yes that's interesting i like that idea and i guess that means possibly a bit of income for for the person who opens an account and posts photos there kind of like a different version of OnlyFans or <laughs> Yeah, I, I haven't done any post monetization on there. Honestly, I just joined it because nowadays I like I've sort of trained myself to try to like latch on to new platforms when they come out so that I can be on top of it if it blows up. Ah, that's smart. You're like, oh well I was one of the first like, I don't know, five hundred people on here. Or even like like I think that's that that would be pretty cool actually. And then maybe you I don't know, just uh you have like an upper hand there. <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean I'm I'm hoping that it really does take off. It does seem to be expanding and growing and improving more and more. So, so yeah, supposedly the one that's supposed to be Instagram's competitor. Interesting. I will look into that. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> I have another question that I like to ask everybody on the show. It's called the Rising Phoenix moment in your life. Can you describe something where you had a challenge, whether it's related to your modeling or your regular life, it just depends on the story that you want to tell, where you were faced with some kind of a challenge that you needed to overcome? Yeah, so I'd say it's kind of an ongoing thing. Like I mentioned, I do have very bad anxiety. So that goes for everything. Like when it went for me, like going into nursing school, um, anytime before I go to a photo shoot, I get super, super anxious. Anytime uh, before traveling, anytime like before I get a new job or like, like very, very anxious to the point like where sometimes I can't sleep or like, it's like it, it affects my daily life kind of thing. So just being able to do things like, traveling or doing big photo shoots or like just seeing like comparing my life like from now to like before or just every time I do something that's big and stressful and I manage to get past it and realize like wow it really wasn't that bad and like yeah I have anxiety but I never let my anxiety stop me so I'm constantly overcoming my anxiety constantly like telling myself like I'm not gonna let that stop me from doing what I want to do because otherwise I would never do anything because everything makes me anxious so it's really just a a constant battle like just taking this one year sabbatical like travel more and I was like I don't know is it the right thing to do and like I always think of the biggest worst case scenarios for everything and anything I do I'm like a catastrophic thinker like I'm always thinking of the worst thing that can happen and what can I do to prevent that worst thing from happening and like just this last year like 
like, like I said, like I've gone through so many things where I had to be resilient in that moment. And there's no planning for what's going to happen sometimes because you don't know what's going to happen. And so, yeah, it's just really overcoming my anxiety and proving to myself every time I think I can't do something that I really can do it. And, and yeah, I'm just really proud of myself for that. Like, that's amazing. I mean, I've felt anxiety at times, but not as frequently as what you're describing. That that must be like, you know, a challenge to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Definitely. But I think every time I do something that I'm scared of or something that makes me really anxious and I come out of it like alive and I could even say like successful, like some of my like modeling tours this year were very successful, were really cool. So I'm always just like, yes, like I can do it. Like I don't have to be scared. And like, even if you are scared, it's okay, but don't let that, don't let that anxiety win. Like just always like power through and like be surprised. Like I'm always surprised that like how much I I've been able to do this year and like how much I've accomplished. And every time I set something out that I want to do, like maybe it, it takes me longer than it might take someone else or, but I always end up finishing it and, and just knowing after like, wow, like I can do things, even though I'm an anxious person, like I'm not, I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, like anxiety gives me like that, I guess a challenge that other people might have. But, but in the end, I feel really proud of myself when I, when I go through big things and big challenges and stuff. So that's awesome. Do you have to do medication or anything like that? So yeah, I, I do take medication, acetalopram. It's for like anxiety, I think depression and OCD as well. So I take that and I've done a lot of therapy and stuff like that. In the last few years, I've started to do lots of yoga and stuff, which actually has helped a lot. Just like, like living in the present moment and not stressing about the past or the future so much, uh, because I think that's what anxiety is, is you're always thinking about probably more the future than the past. I think you're thinking of like, for me anyways, I guess some people could be anxious about past things too, but yeah, just, I think for me, it's definitely like future things that I'm always thinking of that, that make me freak out and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I, I get that. That, yeah, that's congratulations for, you know, doing the best that you can to get through that and give yourself the tools that, that are allowing you to succeed. That's really Yeah, absolutely. Cool. <laughs> And like for a lot of people, you know, photo shoots, like being photographed in general is just like a massively anxious yeah, event. Yeah, it definitely so. is. But I think like being a model, I think in the beginning I had like the a very low self-esteem. Like I didn't think I was pretty. I didn't like my body nude. I would compare myself to other people all the time. And then once I started doing nude photo shoots and not just my own photos, but seeing all the different types of beautiful nude women that exist that pose nude that... And I'm just like, wow, like now I can actually and being able to see myself in like the photographer's eye or other people's view of how they see me in a photo. And I'm just like, wow, I I didn't realize I could be that beautiful. Like, I didn't know. And so doing modeling is like an ongoing like, like thing like it's it just constantly boosts my self-esteem because I am able to see what what I don't see in myself that other people do see kind of thing. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a it's a great thing. (laughs) It's like a therapy. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It truly is. And if I haven't had a shoot in like over a week, I'm often like feeling like, dang, like I want to like do something creative, like photographically. <laughs> and it helps. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're craving, like, especially during the pandemic, I think a lot of people uh, were like very deprived of that 
and like creating art and being able to pose. And I mean, I was dating a photographer at the time, so I was still able to do photo shoots and stuff uh, with him. And, and then I had even started doing like remote shoots and stuff like that. But even remote shoots, it's not the same as really creating in person and really having that social, like, like you're really with the person kind of contact. And it was like a lot of like the model doing the like lighting, the background and the light and the setup. And, and it's just like a lot of photographers were like, oh, I'm not really on board with that, but I guess I'll do it because it's COVID and like, I can't really shoot otherwise. So it was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. I I hadn't done any remote shoots, but I, I felt like if I was going to set up my camera and the, the composition and everything, I might as well just shoot self-portraits because yeah, that's, it's a lot of work on the model's behalf. It and really a lot of is. And then the photographer gets the credit because he's technically clicking the shutter. But so I don't know. There was a lot of talk about that too. Like, well, whose photo is it really? Because it's the model's camera, but it's the photographer like paying and clicking. And the model's doing most of the work, but the photographer's still on the other end pushing that shutter button and like... And then just like, I guess they can decide the ISO, the speed and the aperture, but like, that's pretty much it. And focus, I guess. But I mean, so yeah, that was an interesting, uh, definitely. But no, I don't think you missed anything. I think there's still some people that do remote shoots. I know some models that seem to rent like really cool locations and stuff sometimes, but yeah. ever since COVID like kind of calmed down, things went back to normal. And I think it's a lot better that way. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. I suppose if I had rented a location, my biggest issue is that I wasn't sure what the Wi-Fi was going to be like at any time in my life because I was living in a van throughout the pandemic. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> and you're just like, I don't know, I can't rely on someone else's Wi-Fi. I mean, I've heard of stuff like that too, where I guess a photographer was shooting like a model all the way in like Ukraine or something and the connection was poor or yeah. like they're trying to communicate on like TeamViewer and there's like echoes and they can't hear each other. And oh my God. So I think uh, I think that these things happen and people are usually understanding. But <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm glad that the world seems to have found a way to get back to having activities in person. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would ever want to go through that again. I mean, I was working at the hospital and like, oh man, it was it was horrible. It was really awful. Like they were telling us like, oh, we don't have N95 masks, but it's okay. You guys don't need them, and it's like well, we know we need them. Like, you can't lie to nurses. Like, we have a science background and you're telling yeah. us we don't need masks when we know we do. Like, that was just awful. It was really awful. But yeah, so I think it's it's nice. I have, like, the balance of, like, the blood, sweat, and tears and, like, the hardship of being a nurse. But then the beautiful side of nudity and, and the human and the artsy side and being able to create beautiful things. So it's it, I think they balance each other. Like, it's like two pieces of a pie. And there's obviously lots of other pieces of pie in my pie chart, but those are two pieces and I think they go well together. So <laughs> that's awesome. So I really like that you have nursing on the side that if you ever got sick of modeling that you could just, you know, get back into that. Yeah. Would you guess for yourself, like, you know, how long you would want to do traveling modeling before like, you know, deciding to hang it up? I don't know. I mean, I think as long as I can fit it in my schedule and people still want to work with me, <laughs> I don't see like why I would stop. But that doesn't mean like it wouldn't have to be like regular travels. Like some models do like six months at a time straight, like traveling back to back to back. And some have like a, oh, I'll do 14 days and then I'll come home. Or and some do like three months. And I think I've 
I've the most I've done uh was like maybe 23 days which was like when I just went to San Francisco and then Vancouver and Victoria and that's plenty for me like and yeah. and even then I'd be happy with like 10 days or like 14 day trips like it doesn't have to be super long so I think like even with the nursing and stuff which I don't really want to dive into full time for my anxiety too I think it's a tough job and I love doing it part time but full time would be a whole other thing <laughs> might might drain my mental health more so but I don't know I mean uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was doing, I mean, I technically am always a traveling model, but I do more of my income now through Patreon and OnlyFans. And then like about half of my income is from like photo shoots with other photographers. So before when I was primarily relying on photographers to hire me in person, I would do like 10 to 14 day trips like every month. Yeah. And I did that for like eight years. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 14 days, it, it's not like some of these models that are gone for like six months. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I see that and I'm just like, how do you do it? You know? I know. I need my home base to like recharge and just like not be around people for like a bit and like, or just be around my people that I know aren't going to judge me or love me like unconditionally. Whereas you're traveling, it gets really exhausting. Like I think I slept in like 10 different beds in 22 days of being away from home. Like that's a lot of like hotels and staying at people's places and like, Oh, I missed that train. Oh, I'll sleep here tonight instead. Like it was just like a lot of, yeah. So it's oh, nice yeah. to be in our, like in your bed and in your room and your stuff. Like, <laughs> yes, it is. By the way, I want to give a nice shout out to Robert DeMondin because he connected me to yes, you to do yes. this. And I think I saw you recently work with Yeah, him. so we worked together during the pandemic uh, remotely. And then I kept saying like, oh, I got to go out to San Francisco. I'd love to go out to San Francisco. And then finally, I just decided like, you know what? I think that'll be like my last big trip before I go back to work. So I got to work with him and meet him in person, which was really great. I actually stayed at his place for a few nights. And he is awesome. I, I love Robert. He's like... Honestly, one of the best people I've met in, in like photography, in the world of photography. Like he's just such a big teddy bear, such a sweet person, like very creative. I don't know. He, he's nice. He's great. <laughs> he is great. Shout out Robert DeMondin. I hope you're listening. <laughs> I'm sure he is. That was at his place. He was listening to these podcasts. So I'm sure he'll be listening to this oh, one. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I woke up one morning and he was listening to the podcast with you and Starla, a uh, model adventurer. So I was like, Oh, that voice sounds familiar. Cause I recognize your voice from the other podcast. And I know, I know Sierra. So when I heard her voice, I was like, Hey, who's that? <laughs> Oh, yeah. She's also Canadian. Are you guys nearby each other? She is in, well, she she's fully traveling, I think, for six months now. So she um. <laughs> was in Brantford, which is not super close. She's in, was somewhere in Ontario, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So not terribly close, yeah. but she did come to Montreal quite a bit. And I went to Toronto, which Toronto is not too far from where her home base was. So, yeah. Cool. So we did yeah. meet and work she's together great. a couple of times. Yeah, she really is. I think you guys met once, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we did. She came to Florida and did some underwater yeah. stuff with me and Astrid oh, and some awesome. other people. Oh, that's awesome. Because you and Astrid make some really awesome, like, uh, you guys do events and stuff like that for the underwater. And then I know Sierra started doing, like, well, she's been doing underwater for, like, a bit. But I guess, like, um, when she she did, like, a thing where she dived and, like, went, like, 
freezing cold water with like this old boat or whatever. And I was just like, that is badass. And I was like, she should go like you, all of you three together would make like, I don't know. I just think you guys. And then when you guys did it, I was like, oh, that's so cool. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope to link up with her again somewhere in, in real life, not just on the Yeah, internet. exactly. <laughs> But like I meet all these people like over the internet or like I guess over this podcast and I already feel like, you know, we're friends, you know. So then by the time we meet in in person, which is inevitable at some point, that I'm like, I already feel like I know them sometimes. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of funny because a lot of the time when I've met models for the first time in real person, there's always been like pre-chat and like pre... So it's often like, oh, like I feel like this is like my best friend already. Like we, we've we been to, like hanging out for like years now, but really you're just meeting the person for the first time. So yeah, I think it's it's easy with like models for the most part because... We all love doing the same thing. Like we're all doing this, I think, because like we do. And so we all have like similar passions and similar hobbies, I guess. And so it's just like people that that it's easy to go along with. It's easy to make conversation. It's easy. Like you can tell each other, like I can talk about all my modeling stories that I can't go to work to like my nursing friends and talk about my modeling stuff because they just wouldn't get it. Like, so it's really nice. It's just like a community of people that understand each other and and for the most part, help each other out. I mean, I think it's really great when I'm, I'm traveling somewhere and like other models can tell me like, yes, work with this person. Don't work with that person. Maybe be careful of this neighborhood. Like, so it's, it's just really nice. And like, like exchanging contacts with people sometimes. And yeah, it's just, it's a really nice community. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And it is, it is, if you are like an anxious person or like a self-conscious person or like a, usually like a, an introvert or whatever, then if you get into freelance nude modeling, then your community automatically seems to accept you and like you. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we still have some more time. If you wanted to tell me any of those other like stories that you had mentioned earlier when we were telling weird photo shoot stories, I'm, I'm down for it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, let me think. Hang on. There's another story that initially I was thinking of telling, but then I thought the other one was more interesting. But my trip when I went to France, actually. So I had like a model share. It was like a photographer that invited other photographers. I wouldn't really call it a workshop because there wasn't any like learning involved. It yeah. was more just photographers splitting the okay. rates of the model so they could afford it more easily, I guess. So and the organizer of the photo shoot during the shoot at some point like was like oh can I just fix your bra you know those like photographers yeah. that are always like I need to fix your hair or fix your bra and like I'm like I never really understand why but anyways so he came to fix my bra but basically like grabbed my nipple and just like flicked it around kind of thing and I'm just like what the fuck? Like, there's other photographers around, and I just look at him like, whoa, like, no, like, so anyways, the, the, the shoot goes on, and he's just like, oh, sorry, like, I was just trying to fix, I thought it was, like, a tag or something, like, just some stupid lame excuse, and I'm just like, hey... So anyways, we continue shooting. And then after he pulls that move, he's like, oh, yeah, maybe uh, I, I think we should do some photos together. Like I pose with the models all the time kind of thing, like trying to in, like insist that like I'm nude. He stays he keeps his clothing on, but like we shoot together and the other photographers there take photos of us. And I was like, I'm sorry, I don't pose with photographers like that's not something that I do. And then he's like, oh, well, your other friend did it. And then he proceeds to like show me photos that like I traveled there with a model friend that at that time and he was like trying to tell me like oh well she did it like she posed with me so like it's not that bad you should do it too kind of thing and I was like I don't care if she did it like I'm me and I don't pose with photographers and especially after you just did that like 
nipple flick, whatever, like you just felt me up. Like that's absolutely not going to happen. Like, so he didn't insist, but it was just like a very uncomfortable situation. Not a photographer I would recommend or, I mean, I guess like it wasn't dangerous, but I'm just like, I'm just over those photo shoots where people like, there's a lot of photographers that are like, oh, well, you know, sometimes I just need to fix your hair or like sometimes I just need to fix your bra strap. But it's like, but I can totally do that myself. Like, and so now whenever, ever since then, and that wasn't even that long ago, that was in like beginning of December, 2022. So ever since then, like I go to shoots and whenever photographers are like, oh, well, you know, there's sometimes where I just like, I might have to get a bit close to like fix something. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I mean, if you want to fix my hair or whatever, that's fine, but I can fix my bra. Like, I don't let people fix my bra because I just don't see the reason for that. So, like, I just bluntly tell them right off the bat, like, you are not touching my bra, you are not fixing my bra, there is no reason for you to be coming near my bra because I can do that. Like, because I'm just, I'm just so over those photographers. Like, there's, I don't know if it's ever happened to you where they're, like, there's, oh, I need to fix this, and, like, they're just, like, swipe their arm across your chest, like, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, because you didn't do that on purpose, buddy. Like, come on. Yeah, I, that's definitely happened to me. And I've had the people that like at the very beginning of the shoot give you a monologue of all the reasons why they're going to have to touch you. Yeah. throughout the shoot. <laughs> exactly. And that makes it weird. But I mean, on the other hand, though, if I'm like upside down in some weird contorted pose and my hair is doing some weird thing over my nose that makes me look like I have a mustache and I can't fix it myself and I'm comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that I can understand. Not to say there are moments where I think it's appropriate and I have had photographers fix things appropriately or like where like it's very like, oh, like we're using a specific dress and like we want your hair to look a specific way. But like, like, like you said, the ones that don't that don't do it for the right reasons are always the ones who are going to give you like 10,000 excuses at the beginning of why they need to fix or why they need to be like up in your bubble, like fixing stuff. And, and you're just like, hey, but. We really know why you want to be in my bubble, buddy. Like, <laughs> I just had a shoot like that. And like, it's so weird that you can like have all of these like boundaries for yourself that you know that you want. And then somebody can just barge in and like cross all your boundaries. And, and sometimes, I mean, even me, I still freeze up sometimes. I was doing a shoot with a photographer who was super nice, but he didn't tell me he was inviting somebody else to the shoot in this other guy was like some like cocky mentor guy who supposedly taught photography for a long time. He comes in and he's like, Oh, the lighting is all wrong. Let me change it. So he changes the lighting and he's like, all right, model get on set. And he's like putting his hands on my face. He's like manually like moving my shoulders and like putting his hands on my waist. And like, and I'm just like, it was so sudden and unexpected that I didn't even, I didn't want to be like, Hey, yeah. don't touch me when I, sh- I should have. I, but I, like there was like this, I had a really good initial part of the shoot just with the first photographer who was paying me. And then he brings in this other guy to like manhandle me basically. And I was like, uh. Yeah, that's really not cool. Like, ugh. Yeah. Cringy. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, it, it is, it's like we have these boundaries, we have these rules for ourselves and it should be obvious. Like don't touch the models is like rule number one, right? Like it should be rule number one. I thought that it was so obvious. So it was a bit shocking, like when all that was going down. Yeah, definitely. And sometimes I think it's obvious for them too. And then when they find themselves explaining like why they need to, and then I'm just like, oh, but I don't know. I don't really see the reason for you to fix my bra at this present moment. Like if they're, if you're like shooting and they're like, oh, like I can just fix your bra strap. And I'm like, or I could just fix my bra right, strap. Yeah. Like, like, I don't get it. Like, but I know what you mean. Sometimes it just happens so fast and you're just like, oh, wait, what? Yeah. Huh? Like, like, 
I feel like even that photographer when I was in France at that photo shoot, like at the model share, when he was like, oh, can I just fix your bra? Like I should have in that moment been like, I don't really see a reason for like, there's nothing wrong with my bra. Like, just tell me what you want fixed and I'll fix it kind of thing. Like my hands were available, but in that moment I'm just like, oh yeah, okay, sure. Like whatever. Like, and then, and then you're just like, ew, like, did he really just do that? Like when there's like other people in the room too, it makes you feel like, oh, if I were to say something right now, then I would be looking like a bitch or whatever. Yeah. Or like I'm the minority because it's like three other men, like, like sharing my rates. And like, I just want to like, I just don't want problems. I just want to get paid at the end of this and like, like never working with you again. That's for yeah. sure. Like, And if anybody asks me about him, like I will not have good things to say. So not that he's dangerous, but you know, just don't be shy to set boundaries. And sometimes there's a lot of people that are not dangerous to work with, but you really have to set boundaries. And, and I think modeling's also helped me learn a lot what my boundaries are over time. Cause I'm always like, I don't mind trying things, but if I don't like it, I'm not going to do it again. Or like, yeah. And so you just learn what you're okay with, what you're not okay with. And like, you see other people doing, things and you're like oh well like just because they're okay with doing that doesn't mean like I'm okay with doing that and like just kind of learning about yourself which is really great like learning what you're okay with what you're not okay with and like that just doesn't go for modeling but that goes for like everything yeah. like like my work conditions or like my relationship conditions or like whatever so yeah totally and a lot of people on the podcast have mentioned that modeling has helped them learn about how to set boundaries so I think that's definitely like a benefit of modeling or just freelancing in general absolutely absolutely yeah probably freelancing I guess because I mean I'd like to think that agencies for the most part have boundaries already for like their clients or whatnot or like but I mean, I don't really know. I've never, I've worked for like small agencies in the beginning, but they were like not real agencies. It was like Orange Model and uh, I don't remember the other one, but it was like those little agencies where you pay to be a part of and then they find you like minimal work. And it was like, I think I was like an extra in a couple of movies or TV shows and that was pretty much it. And I was like, oh, okay, this is not a real like model agency. They just rip people off. Yeah, like, <laughs> There's a lot of that. So yeah, it's a bunch of scams. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I have really felt like this whole past hour really just whizzed by. It really did. I'm like, what? It's already an hour? <laughs> <laughs> I had fun talking with you and I hope uh, I hope this makes for a good podcast. So. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. I had a great time chatting with you too. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Absolutely.